Greetings, salutations. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hello, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thanks for giving the show a listen this week, a download, a watch, however it is that you're hearing me, seeing me. We cannot thank you enough. We just love doing this thing, and we love that you are listening as well. And we are rewarding you this week with a major name. When it comes to celebrities in the plant-based world, I mean, this is a big one. And if you've seen Nikita, maybe you're familiar with her work as an actress or Designated Survivor, one of my favorite shows of all time, you know the name Maggie Q. Met her recently in L.A. We were at a party celebrating the passage of the California Cosmetics Bill, and she is just a great person, such a warm smile, and she is a phenomenal a phenomenal animal rights activist. So we were out there celebrating the passage of the California Cosmetics Bill, which bans animal testing for cosmetics products. And her heart is just enormous. And I'm really excited because you are going to get the chance to hear that and experience just how abundant her heart can be in just a minute during our conversation. So met her at this party in the Hollywood Hills. So many people were there, including a lot of our tremendous staff, including Dr. Barnard. He made the trip from D.C. out to L.A. as well. Uh, also in attendance was friend of the show and an actress from HBO's True Blood, Kristen Bauer von Stratton. Got a chance to meet her in person finally amazing woman, just exactly who you think she would be. Uh, very authentic in her interviews. Plus... Harley Quinn Smith was there. She is a musician. She is a talented actress as well. And you might know her father, Kevin Smith, the famous director and actor out there. Now, he recently had a heart attack about a year ago. And under Harley Quinn's guidance, he has gone vegan. He's adopted the plant-based lifestyle. And he is unrecognizable now. He looks so much better and is so much healthier. Much of that thanks to her encouragement and her guidance and under her tutelage. This guy is just talk about turning things around for his health. Kevin Smith, my hat is off to you. And Harley Quinn Smith, my hat is off to you even more because not only are you a heck of a daughter for helping Sherpa your father through these plant-based waters as he begins his journey. But man, you can jam, girl. You can jam. And so we're going to have interviews with Kristen and Harley Quinn coming up in just a couple of weeks here on the show, maybe even a little bit sooner. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But back to Maggie Q. Before we play this interview, I got to tell you, I am a huge fan of hers. Uh, she is on Designated Survivor Season 3, coming soon to Netflix awesome can't wait asked her a bunch of different things got a chance to interview her for about 15 minutes and why did she go vegan and what is her advice for getting people to explore a plant-based lifestyle a couple of questions i asked here and it turns out here's the interesting thing something that you probably didn't know about her she loves to cook and when i say loves i mean she loves it it is her thing it is her jam and she also loves 
cheese. Like, especially, I guess there's this really cool plant-based Parmesan cheese that she just adores. And so we talk a little bit about that. I mean, you want to talk about as close to regular cheese as humanly possible. Apparently, this Parmesan cheese is right there. But let me tell you just how much of a cook Maggie Q is, okay? She makes her own yogurt at home. Makes her own yogurt. I said, Maggie, what's the recipe? She said, sunshine and probiotics. So we got to talk a little bit about how she goes about and 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 does that. And then also these dinner parties that she has, you know, and the conversations that she will have with these dinner guests who are not vegan, who do not eat the plant-based diet. But the feedback from her food so often is, well, you know, I would go vegan if I could eat like this all the time. And it's her response to that comment that gets so many people to really consider, get those wheels turning, saying, hey, well, this diet is really, really not as hard to do as I thought it would be. And plus, I get all these health benefits? Double score. And then we dive a little bit deeper in our conversation before we kind of take it home. And she has advice on introducing people for the first time to the idea of a plant-based diet. How can you get them to be receptive to it and not immediately shut you down? There's a tact to it. There's an art. Really, it comes down to they have to be ready. But the way that she approaches this is really really good. Good advice for all of us. So really excited about that conversation coming up in just a second. But I also need to tell you that the future of plant-based medicine is on the show this week as well. Dr. Robin Ortiz, you do not know her name right now, but believe you me when I say that you will. She has tons of energy. All right. I'm five, six on a good day. And I got this girl beat by a good three, maybe four inches. All right. She is super short, but man, let me tell you, she packs a ton of energy. Like when it comes to the energy scale, she's the Andre the Giant of plant-based medicine. I mean, she's awesome. So how did she become interested in preventative medicine? And what was her journey like? Okay. How... It was really her health-conscious mom that got her on this path long before she even realized it when she was just a rebellious teenager. All right, rebellious, that may be a strong word. Semi-rebellious. Because Dr. Ortiz, I mean, she's just so nice. I I can't picture being a full-blown rebel. Maybe she is. I don't know. But she seems super, 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 super nice to me. Completely an optimist. Anyway, she just completed a rotation at the Barnard Medical Center, and it was really interesting, our conversation, talking about how she's viewed among her peers who aren't plant-based, these other future doctors. How do they view her? Now, as she goes off into the world to become an amazing plant-based doctor herself, she steps on to the exam room podcast. Great conversation. I think that you are going to love her, but we start with the conversation with actress, model, activist, Maggie Q, wonderful human being. Can't tell you just how tickled I was that she did the show. 
This is the exam room podcast by the Physicians Committee with the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. On location in Los Angeles, a long way from our typical Washington, D.C. studios. <laughs> and I'm here with a, I, I can say nothing else other than you are a huge supporter of the Physicians Committee, Maggie Q. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Question for you. I've been wondering this forever and a okay. day. You're so passionate about this. And when mm-hmm. you talk about it, it's very clear that this is very personal for you. So when did very you discover so. about the vegan diet? What made you make the switch? You know, it's interesting because I didn't initially do it for health reasons. I did it for environmental reasons. I did it for animal rights reasons. I did it for humanitarian reasons. A lot of people don't understand that the meat industry affects uh, other humans more than they know. Um, especially those disenfranchised humans who really can't fight the meat industry, grow all of the corn and the grain and the wheat and the soy for our animal feed. Um, It's interesting when you fight for animals because people always ask you whether you care about people. And the interesting part about that is that if you eat an animal-free diet, you are caring about people more than people who care about people. Absolutely. (laughs) It's so funny when people get into this it is for one reason or, or another, or another yeah. animal compassion sure. or nutrition for me like that was it like my i used to be 420 pounds That's, stop it i'm dead serious stop it. so but you know then you learn about all of the sure. nutrition that goes into it and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. it's like well there's this whole other, other side things, of it yes. and it's like wow it's all encompassing like it's, it's so true it's to me, and I'm completely biased, I'll admit right, that it's right. the coolest thing ever, right? It is because what's good for you is good for the animals, is good for the planet, is good for one another. It, in that way, it's all tied for me because I think for myself, you know, I care about or will care about, you know, others or animals or the planet before myself. And so, you know, when I made the choice and I, I went the opposite way you did, I, I think, based on what you're saying. I don't think you've ever been 420 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, I went into it, you know, for reasons other than myself, right. because I think that if I had gone into it, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life. I've always been slim. But if I had gone into it for reasons that had, were just about me, I don't think my convictions would have been as strong as they are. Right. But because my convictions are all encompassing, like you're saying, and they do matter for the planet, they do matter for animals, they do matter for the generation. You know, I don't have st- children. I have stepchildren. I have 10 nieces and nephews. There are people who I love very much who I'm going to leave this planet to, and I take that responsibility very seriously. How do you have those conversations with people that aren't really familiar with why it's important to eat that plant-based diet for whatever reason that may be, whether it's the compassion or the nutrition. I I gauge the person first because, again, you don't know what it's going to be. And um, But the nice thing is that no matter who it is or what they care about, there's going to be an issue tied to the meat industry that will affect you. Right. Like I said, whether it's you having children, whether it's you loving your hikes and loving nature, or you needing to lose weight or fight heart disease or whatever it is that you're dealing with, there's going to be something that's going to benefit you from this diet. And so I try to gauge people. I used to be one of those people who I was a little angrier before. Right, right, <laughs> right. Let's put it that way because you, you sometimes, you know, at that time for me, you kind of want to just shake people because it makes so much sense, yeah. especially people of relative intelligence who haven't made this decision. You just sort of go, how is it possible that you're so smart in other areas but can't make the connection here? Right. So I would get a little frustrated, but now I know that living by example has been the strongest really advocate for how how I live and what this lifestyle can do for you. So I try to live by example. I let people come to me more now than ever, and they will, you know, if right. they, if they, you know, when I'm on set, and, and this is truer than you can believe, when I'm on set for 14 to 15 to 16 hours and I'm the only one with energy, but like loads of energy yeah. and a positive attitude because I have the energy. Right, right. 
people start asking questions. They start going, I don't understand this. See, What's going on? It's interesting that you talk about having all that energy. One mm-hmm. of the favorite stories that I tell is this interview I did with the NFL player last mm-hmm. year, and it's towards the end of the season, and everybody mm-hmm. in the locker room, all 53 the guys, dead. so beaten up, and they're totally. shuffling around. It's it's like the set of The Walking Dead, right? Exactly right. Except for DJ Swearinger, right. plant-based. Right. The man is walking around. Absolutely. He's skipping as if he's no walking into the first day. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. unbelievable. It is. And, it is. You know, and, and so I would... I, I really wish that more of his teammates would just be like, well, look at DJ. They're going there. to. That's the thing. You know, it's sort of like the proof's in the pudding, right? And you have the pudding walking around, sort of, you know, living this way. I can't even tell you how many people's diets I've changed on movie sets right. for that reason. Right. Not And they watch me and go, what are, what are you doing there? Why are you always bringing your own thing? Or what, what are you, you always have something special going on. Right, it's right. like, well, you know, if you, if you understand that this really is a temple, and it, tr- and it truly is, and that you're voting for the health of your temple mm-hmm. five times a day. For me, I eat a lot, so it's you know three to five times sure. a day. Um, you know, you you have to you put into your body, you know, what you're preaching, and um, you know, I can go around and wash my car, and I love a clean car, I love a clean house, I love all those things. But you know, if you do those things and don't put the right fuel into your body. I don't know what you're doing. If you're right. buying great skin, I love creams and I love beauty and I love all that <laughs> stuff. But if I'm putting that on my skin and then putting, you know, crap into my body, what what am I doing? Well, let's talk about your favorite fuels, Maggie. What, okay. What what give me give me Maggie Q's top five favorite foods? What are your go tos? Um, you know, I think that for people, first of all, I take the time. So let's start yes. with that because you have to take the time to have the right diet. Right. So, you know, people go, well, I get home and I'm really tired, and I go, yeah. I, I got it, but the next day you're going to be even more tired if you don't have the right food. Mm-hmm. So you have to make time. Even if it's an hour, you can sit on the sofa and watch one episode of whatever it is you like. Right. And that can be your hour. Or you can set yourself up for the next day. Yeah. So the first thing you have to do is allocate the time to be healthy. So when we wake up, we're you know we're doing the green juice the first thing in the morning. Um, I'm keeping it very light in the morning. And then by lunch, I'm my body's set up. My digestion is set up for the... For the, you know, the optimum assimilation that's supposed to happen at lunch. And so I choose my foods very carefully. I mean, I make sure that I don't like a lot of processed food. I know there are a lot of vegans who are like, oh, I love fake this and fake that. I'm also into fake anything or processed stuff. You know, I do it once in a while. It's a treat. It's a treat. And if we keep it as a treat, I think we'll be fine because you don't want to walk around being an unhealthy vegan because that, again, doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't just load up on carbs and sugar and go, oh, I'm better than you because I... No diet, you can do that. It's just not a good idea. Um, So, you know, I like to um, make sure that I have this 50-50 rule that half of mm. my half of my meal has to be vegetables. Okay. So if I'm having a pasta, if I'm having whatever, it, I, I always have to pair it with a, the same amount of vegetable that's going on in my main meal. And I think that's a great way to um, keep the balance and get your, you know, get your, you know, photonutrients. The so, 50-50. Yeah, rate. because especially as, you know, somebody who's plant-based, you know, you're, you're definitely going to go for the heavier stuff so you feel full or, you know, if you, need, sure. you feel like you need fuel. Sure. But sometimes I see a lot of vegetarians leave out the most, the nutrients yeah, that have yeah. to go with your Ab- diet. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you, you've been plant-based how long now? 20 years. 20, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you yeah. you undoubtedly are familiar with a lot of brands of plant-based yeah. products out yes. there. So somebody who's familiar with your work, designated mm-hmm. survivor, Nikita, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. they're a fan of yours, mm-hmm. but they don't know anything about the plant-based diet. Yeah. What are some of the brands maybe they should be looking to? 
You know, I I try everything because I don't like to introduce people to this lifestyle and and lead them astray with the wrong product. Right. Because all it takes is a person to once go, oh, that fake juice was disgusting, and they'll never try it again. Right. And, and they won't, which is strange because right. you, you don't like listen to a, a song that's bad and go, I'm done with music. <laughs> never listening to music again because that one song was bad. So I try to make sure that I... I filter and edit down the best sort of alternatives. Right. Um, one of the things that I love and crave that you can't get is Parmesan. So there's a brand called Vio Life that has this Parmesan that's shaped like a triangle, mm. just like you would get in a cheese store, and you grate it, and it acts exactly. It's an actual wedge. It's an actual wedge wow. that has the same consistency. And when you grate it with a Parmesan grater, it's nice and thin and yummy, and it melts amazingly and it's minimally processed because it, it has about four or five ingredients in right on so that's one of my cheats that okay. i think that people would really enjoy if they um had it and then coconut milk yogurt sure i make it i make my own and it's amazing or you can look in the store i don't know what people's favorite brands would be but uh, we love so delicious and kite hill and all these great brands that are doing things but you can also easily make the stuff at home as long as you have a bottle of probiotics and you have some heat in your windows yep you can make your own yogurt, so it's not heat the windows. That's all it takes. Probiotics, <laughs> little sunshine to heat little your windowsill, um, and allowing that you know to to take its yogurt shape. Um, you can do that. So uh, it's really just about finding your cheats and knowing that they're out there and that there doesn't have to be a difference. I know that when I cook for people and they come over, they go, they always say, "Well, if I could cook like this, or if I could have this food all the time, I could easily be rich." Right, right. They always say absolutely. that. absolutely. Um, but they can't. Sure. You know, that was just my specific effort. Right. But I just think that we need to make more of an effort when it comes to our bodies. Right. Because it's one of the afterthoughts of the century. Everybody treats their body as an afterthought. But how? When this is our firstborn. That's this all you is got. Our, That's what you got. You, even right if there. you have no children, you have this child. Y- yes, yes, you so, do. So you really have to... You have to uh, you have to, you know, keep going and keep strong and be a living example. And that's what you're doing. That's what I'm trying to do, too. That's awesome. And you have an incredible platform. I know that you, you don't go out to people. You wait for them to come to you. But having try, this platform yeah. and, and just being able to have that voice, I mean, that's got to be so rewarding it's for huge. you. I think being informed is very important so that when people do come to you and they have questions, you have all the right answers. Sure. And, and also know your audience. And also I would encourage, you know, people who live this way to... Uh, try to restrain that that emotion where you get because I've been that person, so I can say this with all honesty that you know number one being a li- living example, number two meeting people where they're at and having understanding. You know, mm-hmm. my fiance and I and Sean, who was just here, and a couple others, we had a dinner last year with the owner of a beef factory. Really? Because he's you know cholesterol, he's got cancer, you know, he's all this chronic disease and. He owns a beef factory, and it's not something that we agree with, but yeah. he's just another human being that needs to be informed. Absolutely. So we sat down with him, and we gave him our spiel, and we let him know what he needed to do uh, to to help himself. And it opened up a whole new world for him. But if I or Sean or my fiancé or any of us said, well, I'm not sitting at a table with a meat eater, you don't change people that no, way. No. And, you know, no one likes to be judged. So let's just meet people where we're at. Show them some compassion and understanding and entice them to the other side instead of force them. That is great advice. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived it. I've made mistakes. I know, so I know. I, can, I think that I we all really say when people first go plant based, right. you know, they're like just so rave, raw, let's do it yeah. and just shout exactly. it from on high. Right. But no. Yeah. That that's the better way to do it.
So Maggie Q, thank, thank you, you so very so much, much for I your appreciate time. It. How cool was that? Maggie Q. I mean, I'm serious when I tell you I love Designated Survivor, and if you haven't seen that show yet, if you like the political thrillers, I'm telling you, this concept is really cool. The premise of the show, really cool. Uh, It was on NBC or ABC? ABC. It was on ABC for a while, and then it got canceled. But Netflix swoops in, they're like, hey, hey, we can't be letting the show go. The show is too good to let it die. So what they did is they went ahead and they picked it up for a third season, and that's in production now. It will be released, I believe, sometime later this year. But you can always catch up on Seasons 1 and 2 right now. Stream it. I mean, just a great show. Great, great, great show. You will not regret doing a little binging. Grab yourself some kale chips and and have some fun there. Uh... Dr. Robin Ortiz, she is the next guest. And as I said at the top of the show, tons of energy, completely the optimist. I mean, doesn't have rose-colored glasses. That's just a fact of life for her. Everything is always great, and the world needs more people like that. Super enthusiastic, super happy, and will light up a room like you wouldn't believe. As I said, she is also the future of plant-based medicine. I'm telling you. I mean this in all seriousness from the bottom of my heart. She will be a featured speaker at our International Conference on Nutrition and Medicine at some point in her career. She's good enough. She's smart enough. And doggone it, people are going to like her. And by like, I mean love. Because I loved having her on the show. So smart. So I hope that you really enjoy this interview. Really enlightening how she got to where she is now. How her mom played a role in that. And how how she's viewed among her peers, her colleagues now in medicine. As this plant-based doctor. Is she viewed as a hippie chick? Or are they like, wow, Dr. Ortiz is on to something. It's a really cool conversation. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hello, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thanks for giving the show a listen today. Very special guest. I'm always excited to talk about the future of medicine with people who will be practicing the future of medicine. And so we have one of those future plant-based rock stars in studio with us today. She is a fourth-year resident of internal medicine and pediatrics. Double dose right there. Uh, Basically what that means is uh, she's good for both adults and children. Very smart, and she's just wrapping up a rotation upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center. With that, we welcome to the program Dr. Robin Ortiz. Thanks for being here. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much. I'm very excited that you're here as well. You're just a bundle of energy. You come in here and you're just (laughs) beaming this great big smile, and I cannot thank you enough for that. Well, thank you. I mean... I could blame that on the vegan diet, maybe, but uh, also a little bit on my family. We're we're smilers. I got it. A bunch of optimists. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, Question for you. Uh, How's it been upstairs? This is what? This is your final day as we're taping, and I'm sorry. I know. I know. We're going to miss you. I'm going to miss you guys more than probably most rotations I've been on. Well, how was it? I mean, did it, Mm -hmm. I, I, I would assume biasly that it's lived up to expectations? 
So lived up to expectations would be an understatement for sure. Excellent. So my expectations coming in were I've been plant-based myself um, for quite some time. And, you know, I know the nutrition. I know the gurus out there, like the wonderful Dr. Barnard and and the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, where I've been. um, I knew the work. I've read the studies by Dr. Ornish. So, you know, I'm armed with all the information. I'm coming here to learn a little extra about, you know, specific nutritional resources or references, um, a little bit of information to take home, maybe convince a colleague or two. But I think I'm leaving with a whole new, new like toolbox that I didn't even know existed, which is how to actually help patients understand. And I, I jokingly use the metaphor digest, pun intended, the information that's out there um, and take all of the the overwhelming amounts of nutritional information that we hear about all the time and simplify it. And I've learned a whole new way to do that. And I think no book or um, video or lecture or conference can teach you that the way you can when you see patients one-on-one with dietitians or physicians or NPs or in the, um, you know, various classes that are taught here. Um, It's a whole other layer of learning that it's insane that we don't get that. What's the one thing that you weren't expecting uh, but did happen while you were here? I know that, like, mm-hmm. you said you were plant-based coming in, so, yeah. I mean, did you think, like, Ooh. okay. Wait, I got a good one for you, Chuck, okay? okay? Hit, hit me, the hit weight me. loss champion. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. So I have been plant-based and has struggled over years. I started vegetarian. Then I learned about ethical veganism, went, you know, vegan. I read a few books on nutrition and said, this is the way to be. But, you know, the occasional fish, it's okay. Went back and forth, then learned all the literature and said, okay, got to be vegan. And then, you know, those overnight calls on residency, there's no food in the hospital. And I'd make excuses for like the one, you know, salad that had a little bit of cheese kind of thing. And you reopen your eyes when you say this, when this is going to be the way I practice and you cannot practice or sorry, you can't practice with patients or preach. We say you can't, you know, you got to do it yourself 110%. So I've committed that now, especially luckily coming out of residency. I won't have those 36 hour calls, but over the last four weeks, I have lost almost five pounds. Um, Not that I was, you know, obese or anything before, but certainly have, uh, adipose tissue to give or fat cells to give and uh, feel my energy and metabolism back to where it was before I went through four years of overnight calls and uh, drains on my system. And I am feeling refreshed myself as well. Outstanding. So that is unexpected because I already thought, oh, I got this. I just got to go back to my routine. Look at that. You kind of became the patient yourself a little bit. That's awesome. And I've been the patient in other not so fun ways. This is a great way to be a patient. (laughs) I'll bet. I'll bet. Um, Well, let's let's talk a little bit about your story. Um, I know that... uh, when I was reading up just a little bit mm-hmm. on you, uh, plant-based diets kind of run in your family, correct? Yes, they do. So I was fortunate. Uh, shout out to my wonderful mother who uh, exposed me to plant-based nutrition uh, my whole life. And I think I went through, which I now know from studying pediatrics, the rebellious phase in high school or so where I, I looked in the fridge and would say, Mom, there's nothing here to eat, even though it was stocked with veggies and mm-hmm. you know sea- seaweed and things that I would joke like, who eats that? That's 
that's entirely disgusting. Well, had I been armed with the knowledge that that contains iodine that I need while I'm on a vegan diet and keep my thyroid healthy that I gained over the last month knowing that. Um, but, you know, the point is, yes, I was exposed, but I, I wasn't ready to hear it and understand it on another level. And then I came around to saying, okay, I want to be healthy. I want to go into medicine and you know, read a few books. But actually, my father knows the type of person I am, and he's nowhere near plant-based or anything, and handed me a few books about wellness because he knew the mind-body connection was important to me. I loved neuroscience, and he got me because he found the right books. Um, and without going into the list of them, you know, I, I ran through them one summer when I was working as a lifeguard and had some time reading on those rainy days when no one showed up. Right. And uh, that's when I hit the ground running and saying, again, if I'm going to say that I want to study medicine and preventive medicine, then the true only way to do that is to, to intensify improvements in lifestyle and become really plant-based. And I delved in, although I told you I struggled with that until even recently. So by no means am I going to say for me it was an overnight 100%, but that being armed with the knowledge was the first step. So thanks to my mom for leading by example, my father for introducing me to books, and then them allowing me to study medicine the way I do. And now um, actually working with the, the both of them, and we, we're, we're all trying to maintain the best plant-based lifestyle we can, although my mom's very strictly there. <laughs> right. Okay. So your mom is strictly there your dad is like vegan ish or you said he's anything but <laughs> he was anything but uh, we're poor i have uh, half my family were puerto rican my father's puerto rican and very strong in the culture as a lot of animal product and it wasn't so much not being armed with the knowledge but just not knowing how to do it it's just mm-hmm. not something done we don't know what products are out there how does one cook what do they eat um to quote somebody that i heard recently who's gone through plant-based though you don't know how much you can eat and how little you're actually eliminating until you sit down with it so my father has now come around i think to understanding the foundation and the science and the understanding and is at the phase of we say that there's five stages of change when somebody's going through lifestyle transformation pre-contemplative where yeah maybe aren't even quite there yet, you know, contemplative into preparation where you're like, okay, kind of I'm understanding that I need to make this change and I'm preparing myself to do so. And then, of course, the change and then there's you'll go through all the the steps to maintenance and such. But I think he's actually coming around to the preparation phase and I'm going to be spending some time in New York on a future rotation where he lives and we're planning that for that month. I'm going to be cooking all the plant-based meals and have a menu ready to go. And so we'll call my father like some of my patients transition to now uh, this is exciting and by no means i just want to say he has a healthy body mass index he is a cyclist and a triathlete in the in past like we're talking about what the average american will consider a very healthy quote-unquote human being sure sure. um but is now struggling with the same issues many of my patients do have so you say new york Uh, are we talking about the city we're talking about the city. All right. So the good news for dear old dad is there are a ton of <laughs> plant-based options out there. My yeah. father also lives up in New York. And, um, I mean, when when I was up there over the summer, we kind of went on a, a tour of mm-hmm. a lot of these great little uh, vegan uh, you know, just hole in the wall places, even, you know? Amazing uh, restaurants. Brooklyn too. in particular was like yes. off Booming. the charts with these Booming. things. I was like, shout out to Brooklyn. Yeah, shout out New York. <laughs> and shout out to uh, Eric Adams, Brooklyn Borough President. He's been on this show. He is, yes. uh, you, you know him, plant based. Well, guy. if you're out there listening, I would love to connect with you because uh, I'm coming to New York and I have some, some thoughts and want to learn more. <laughs> I can make that happen, Dr. Ortiz. That would be wonderful. I happen to know his people. 
Oh, well, I would love to know all the people oh, related. We, we can make this happen. As a future pediatrician, that the school-based initiatives that they have going on up there, um, I'd like to learn more. It is spread to the world, to it say is, the least. Yeah, it is your lucky day. He is doing just really, I mean, off topic, just phenomenal work up there. You're talking about what they're trying to do with school nutrition. Yes. Um, I mean, the way that he's parlayed his personal journey in reversing diabetes and now paying that forward to not just all of his constituents, but certainly also to the students. And, you know, yep. I was just having this conversation with Dr. Barnard yesterday. I was like, well, okay, well, why is processed meat being served in school if it's classified as a class Carcinogen. one carcinogen? Like, well, you know, this isn't making a whole lot of sense yeah. to me. And clearly, it's not making a whole lot of sense to a lot of people, including Mr. Adams, who is uh, working tirelessly to try to try to clean things up there. And I have major respect to Mr. Adams, yourself, and Dr. Barnard, because not one of my attending physicians in pediatrics training, I think, has actually have heard the words come out in the context of an encounter with a patient or their parents about meat, this particular processed meat anyway, being a, a carcinogen. It's not that it's not known, but maybe it's just not disseminated or it's not on the forefront with all the other social issues we're dealing with, but it should be. Well, and that's just it. That That's that's kind of it. It's so the way Dr. Barnard likened it to, um, you know, in cigarettes, when they first were classified as, well, okay, well, they cause cancer, right? And that's, ergo, that's a carcinogen by definition. It took a long time for people to really, you know, look at smoking in the in the light that we do today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and still we see people, you know, lighting up and yep. that's their choice. I'm, you know, not here to judge. Right. But if you look at the overall progress and the arc and the time that it took, right. we're really only at the beginning of that, seeing as though it was three years ago that the World Health Organization came out and said it. that. Yes. And so we're talking about decades later, here we are with cigarettes and tobacco, and we're just in the infancy with processed meat. But nonetheless, yes. I mean... There's a lot of room for optimism there at the same time. 100%. And um, I was listening to some audiobooks by um, Dr. Greger recently, and I've heard commonly from him and others, like, if we're not doing it as physicians, so physicians were smoking cigarettes, right, for quite some time, and it wasn't banned in hospitals. And so there's no way to go up to a patient and say, quit smoking when you have that smell on your white coat. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's similar here that even myself, it'd be modest sometimes to be – anxious to bring up the topic when I knew at home I was struggling to make dinner the night before because I was on call. How am I going to talk to my patients about that? Um, But learning that lifestyle, then I can ooze it. You know, I can just, it just comes out naturally when a patient says you're struggling, you know, with cutting out that processed meat. I can say, hey, you know, this is how I did it or I know other people to do it or here's some examples. Look at my pictures of my food. You know, that's how we have to do it is changing from within too. And, And see, now I will tell you, as a patient, as a guy who has lost weight, the fact that you will have done it yourself and can lead by example is critically important Mm -hmm. because I will tell you that individuals, by and large patients, they will take somebody more seriously if they have already been through the same thing that that person is trying to go through themselves. 100%. And so if you come in with that credibility on top of your medical credentials, I mean, you're going to be, you know, you're up there in their eyes. Let me tell you something. Let's hope. Let's I hope. Mean, that pedestal is going to be, all, they're going to be looking up to you. I know you're short, but they're going to be looking up to you. I am short. Well, <laughs> let's, I, I really appreciate that. That's where I want to be. I also hope I can bring my patients like up to their own pedestal, you know, want right to be on, on the same page because I learn from my patients. And in fact, 
I do think one topic that's a little bit less talked about and important is the patients that especially work with are like underserved, don't have financial support, are living in food deserts, going to processed foods, struggling to avoid violence. And so recognizing that you know, uh, it's very easy for me to attain the lifestyle I have, even jokingly about call. I mean, I took that choice, but, you know, my patients don't make the choice to live where they live. And yeah. so it, it is also our responsibility to say, I'm empowering you with the knowledge, but now we need to come together as communities and make policy change and bring the foods that you need and try to reduce the violence that you can walk to the the farmer's market. You know, those sorts of things, too, are, are also complexities that we kind of don't talk about in medicine. And I think a lot of the reason why my colleagues want to talk about nutrition and just maybe can't even get there, you know. So I think that's important that if we intertwine the two. You're a mover and a shaker. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> It's like because you're you're totally seeing the big picture and you're saying, well, yeah, well, there's this component and there's this component. And if we change this, this is going to improve. And if we improve their life circumstances here and a little bit, getting them to the farm, like, man, like you get you, you're putting all the puzzle pieces together. Yeah, it's a big puzzle, though. So it it's is. All, there's a lot of pieces and we need a lot of people on board. It <laughs> is. But here, you know, let me let me build up your ego a little bit. Like you, you're just about to get out of residency, right? Yes. So like you're really just starting. Yeah. Out. And like you've got all of this foundation now. Yeah. Like imagine where you're going to be in a decade, in two decades, as you continue on in your career. Like you're we're gonna have you speaking at ICNM, our big conference here, you know? <laughs> like it's gonna happen. Thanks. I hope you realize Thanks, that. Jack. Well, I'm glad it's not videotaped because I'm blushing, but no, I really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you have a wonderful smile. Um, Thank you. I wanna ask more about your story because you yeah. were talking about being in high school and opening <laughs> And there it is just stocked with like all, an entire produce section, yeah, everything healthy, the cheese? and there's nothing to eat. So mm-hmm. when was it again that you really started opening your eyes was like, hey, yeah. mm, that kale does look pretty tasty. Mm, <laughs> let me get in on these carrots and these cucumbers. When did all that yeah, come Yeah, 100%. I think there was you know, a moment where this might be more metaphorical. We kind of, we tend to remember things as we choose to remember them, even if best intentions. So I don't think my mom necessarily literally said this to me, but she'll kind of laugh when she hears this. I have this idea that at some point when I was transitioning from high school into college, there was this unsaid thought of like, you know, you're, you need to cook for yourself and, and, uh, you know, if you want to do this, you're going to have to cook the meat or, you know, figure it out for yourself. And uh, there is also a part of me thinking if I'm if I'm going to grow up in that way and I'm also going into education, why don't I do them together? And so, you know, the perfect storm of when my dad handed me those books, because I was like, OK, I'm going to have to cook for myself, become a more educated individual. And why don't I read about how to do all of it at mm-hmm. once and mm-hmm. also be a healthier person mm-hmm. myself to do the practice what you preach thing right um, and so I think that was where I had the light bulb moment of like these foods are good like doctors that I respect that are writing books and are kind of the people that I once one one day hope to be out there spreading the word um, you know are practicing this there's something to it um, and came across some of the science from the books my mom had Dean Ornish's book I never read it and then right. I came across this paper and I was like you didn't tell me published in the Lancet You know, we're talking about the Lancet and, you know, reading all the studies. So those were that's when I started looking towards the veggies and uh, and grew to love them as I cooked them because then I never prepared meat. I never prepared animal products. And so I never had to miss it. Right. You know. 
And so you're you're kind of studying. It seems like you're kind of studying this on, on your own. But as you're going through medical school, one of the things that I've learned since working here is that really the curriculum as far as nutrition is severely lacking for medical students, right? Mm-hmm. Is that your experience as well? We are malnourished in nutritional education. But I'm bummed, you know? Puns, girl. <laughs> I love the puns, I got to say. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I completely agree with you. I think... Um, What's often uh, quoted is the hours of nutritional education we get, and what's underquoted is what that contains. And so our nutritional education was four hours or 10 hours in total, right? We're talking over like how many years have I studied, right? But those hours are, you know, scurvy and vitamin C deficiency. Um, Those are not, you know, there's a bit of biochemistry about where B12 comes in and folate comes in into building a red blood cell. But it is very little on what foods contain those vitamins and even more complex as to, um, oh, iron is better digest when it's not in heme iron and when it's taken with vitamin C. And it only is mentioned when a new article comes out in JAMA or New England Journal that says, oh, hey, now we can switch to every other day iron supplements for our patients. Oh, and hey, if they take it with vitamin C, better absorbency. But why are we talking about the foods? So um, I think it goes back to Chuck, what we said from the beginning, that there's a lack within the medical community. Although we have these amazing um, legends that we're looking up to, like Dr. Barnard, Gregor, all the the wonderful names in Ornish, et cetera, Dr. Campbell, I can go on and on. But there's still a minority of the percentage of physicians and even a smaller minority that are able to maintain themselves in academic medicine. And so if those clinicians aren't educated, how are they going to educate us? Um, and then, you know, I have to say that there's, uh, to give it fair, fair voice, fair um, time, there's literature out there that individually are not bad studies. I'm going to repeat that because it's really important. Individually, the studies are not designed poorly that show some benefits to certain things that we here at Physicians Committee and broadly and myself don't necessarily agree with, like some animal products or right. certain diets for certain conditions. Right, right. Um, you know, I know the keto diet and, and neurologic conditions. I'm not going to go into that. That's not my expertise. And I'm not somebody who likes confrontation or, you know, argumentation. I will honor that science because I'm a scientist. But a true skeptic will say, what's the bigger picture here? And is this study designed to look at that big picture? So, yeah, those studies are wonderful. But if we're talking about longevity and long-term changes, that's not something we're armed to teach in medical school or residency because we're looking at those studies to say, oh, this is going to get my patients numbers better, get them on the medications they need, and get them out of the hospital. And then that 30-day readmission rate won't happen. Awesome. What happens in 10, 15? years is not going to affect, you know, how health the, the health system's doing, how my numbers are as a physician. And what I also want to make clear is that this is not any physician's fault. It's not something we're consciously, I think we get a bad rep, right? We're not consciously going around saying, I want my numbers to look good, right? That's not what we're doing. We're not saying I want my you know patients to just like do a little better, so I'm going to give them this medication and get them out of the hospital. It's what we're trained to do. That's what we're told is the good thing. And so we're arming with ourselves with what we think is wonderful for our patients, keeping them out of the hospital 
hospital, getting them on the gold standard care that like all of the medical literature and education tells us these are the medications that they need to be on. And so we're doing 100% of what the gold standard is and what our practice is telling us to do. So no one's doing anything wrong, quote unquote. But the big picture is being missed or getting lost in the trees instead of saying, how can we long-term prevent outcomes? And until the system supports that financially, um, and, and that will trickle down into education, we'll say our you know, future generation needs to know how to practice medicine to, to save money and not just by the tests we order or the, the you know, keeping patients out of the hospital, but how to actually maintain healthy life. Do you want to take that microphone with you and we'll get you a little amplifier and then like wherever you go, even if you're just walking down the street, you just carry it with you. And I mean, you just give that same spiel because, man, <laughs> let me tell you, you got that down pat. Hey, it just comes out because it's what we're practicing every day, you know, when wow. I see it. And I, and I think it's a scary system because I want to emphasize that I'm here to, to I'm open to all the knowledge, all my my um, attending physicians and everyone wants to teach me and the institutions I'm in have given me amazing education. I wouldn't be here without it. So I'm not undermining that process at all. And I think no one's doing anything wrong and no one's really you know, doing malpractice or anything. It's simply that the education needs to be disseminated and the system needs to change. So it's just what I it's what I feel. And that's why it's easy to talk about. How is it uh, when you're speaking with your fellow students or your fellow residents? And obviously, I'm sure that you're known as the plant-based doc at this point. Like, are <laughs> the they hippie kind doc, of sca- maybe. Yeah, hippie, right? <laughs> Everybody assumes if you're vegan, you're a hippie, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing could be further well, from Well, and truth. admittedly, they've seen me at my worst, you know, getting that, like, cookie in the middle of the night when I'm on call. So I'm not perfect, anyone out there. But they know me as the hippie that advocates for the plant-based nutrition, the yoga. Let me emphasize that. Mindfulness. Sure. Yeah, I'm that, I'm that person. Right, right, right. Yeah, look, overall lifestyle medicine, right? Right. Um, so, how is it with my colleagues? Yeah, I mean, like, are they skeptical, or do they like they rib you about that cookie, and then like, ha ha ha, plant based hippie chick? But then they'll like come right. to you on the side and be like, hey, you know, so seriously, what's what's the deal with beans and cholesterol? Like, what's the link there? Well, you know, that I love it. I love that check. Um, I. Like I said, I'm not a confrontational personality, and I often have tried to identify my own strengths, which are less so to come at. I'm not that person that comes out with all the studies and says, look at this. This is the way to go. This is what we need to do. That's needed in the community, but everyone has their own strengths. My strength is more just like kind of practice what I preach, lead by example. And if I can keep that, you know, between the patients that are open to it or the residents that are open to it, great. But I'm I'm not... Although I'd love to be a mover and a shaker, big picture, it is hard for me to say, you know, really be the the person to put put my foot out there when something's a little bit radical. Um, And radical, it's funny. Radical meaning like different than what the norm is. So to answer your question, no, I have some friends and colleagues that like kind of know that's just my thing and and rarely will come to me asking me specifics. There's a few of us that are, the others are vegetarian, maybe not vegan, and we, um, you know, commiserate about what choices are available for foods and things like that. Um, I think I get more questions a little bit about the mental health component in my patient encounters, how I, how I work on that and social determinants of health and less on the nutrition. Um, and I, I try to keep a little bit maybe, maybe it's not what I should be doing, but a little bit more to myself because I'm scared about the pushback that will often come. And I hope that I will now being armed with the knowledge of this rotation, be able to move forward and change that. And I'm putting myself out there here. So hopefully people will be willing to come and talk to me more and, and 
yeah, move this forward. Well, good. I mean, you, you should be proud. Look, confession time, right? I'm completely non-confrontational, right? <laughs> so, like, I get a chance to do these fun shows and, like, put a voice out there for a living. But at the end of the day, I'm very much an introvert. Right. And, and like, I, I loathe confrontation. I do not like to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. But it is necessary. Yes. And yeah. um, I think that there's a way to do it that is yeah. less uncomfortable yeah. and that's kind of what I'm discovering and I hope that you find the same thing as well because yeah. I can tell you right now in the 24 minutes that we've been talking uh, you have a very powerful voice and <laughs> your you. passion shines through Thank and you. I think that your patience will be I mean just beyond lucky to have you as Thank their you physician so much. Um, because you care that's the most kind compliment that I could get. Thank yeah. you. I mean, don't don't be afraid to break out of that shell. Just a little bit. I mean, you can peek out. Right. Hey, yeah. Say something. And then yeah. like duck back in. But right. don't be afraid to like say something. Yeah, I'm happy. I will get out there and spread the message. You can be a rock star. Cite this as you the can moment. be a rock star. Uh, last thing, because yes. I think somebody might be listening to this and say, hey, well, you know what? I am a medical student or hey, oh. I'm a resident. Yes. Bring uh, on this question. I, I might be interested in, in coming doing yes. a rotation at BMC. So mm-hmm. how did you stumble across this? Well, uh, I'll tell you twofold, if, if I can, one statement on the training thing and then one statement on how I got to BMC, means. if that's okay. So actually, just a little side story, because you sprung that neuron in my brain that said the memory. I actually was really lucky earlier this year in my mental health work that I've been doing in preventing adverse risks in childhood for chronic disease. Um, I applied to give a talk at the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and was humbly uh, invited to do so and I found I stumbled in that process across the Facebook group of trainees in lifestyle medicine and just put a little blurb out there saying so speaking of speaking up and said hey this is something that I'm interested in and I found the road to get here non-traditional I had to make my own way and if anybody's interested and actually had two med students reach out to me saying oh cool I want to do lifestyle medicine in a residency similar to that what can I do so definitely BMC the Barnard Medical Center and PCRM is one way to do that Um, but also I welcome people to reach out to me Um, I have a website and there's also a Facebook group so there's others that they should look to for guidance Um, but the Barnard Medical Center I came across because as long-standing in plant-based nutrition, I've long followed PCRM. I was a, I was a student member, right and um, I went to the Veg Fest in D.C. and Baltimore before it was the cool thing to be a vegan, so you might call me a hipster. Um, no, but I went and I heard a speaker at the time who, I'm also terrible with names, but um, somebody who I think was from P, uh Uh, PCRM or a related organization and uh, was talking to somebody on the sidelines about an up-and-coming medical center that Dr. Barnard was thinking of opening. So we're talking about five years ago. This was maybe when I was earlier in training. And my ears perked and I said, I got to be on the lookout for this. Mm -hmm. So I was already following the organization. um, But then I think it was by nature of social media or something that I actually saw the center opened three years ago and I was in residency at the time and I just knew that in some way I was going to reach out and do something. And then here I am fourth year where I have a lot more elective time and just went ahead and and made the elective happen and had my organization agree to let me come. And um, although I owed them one or two shifts in clinic, that paid off because I got to go take back to my patients what I'm learning here. So that was awesome. Um, And, you know, I had reached out to um, 
the department here with my application, and it worked out timing-wise, and, and here I am. And it, it was just amazing when I walk in on day one, and Dr. Loomis is standing there, and I've, you know, I'd just seen Game Changers, and I was like, oh my goodness, where am I? Uh, so it was a little shocking, and I, I've loved every second of it. Look at you having this whirlwind. What, has it been three weeks, four weeks? Four weeks. Four weeks. With Thanksgiving in the middle, I got there a couple go. days that okay. I wasn't here, but, right. you know, plant-based Thanksgiving. Went by fast. Yeah, because it seems Flew like by. I just got the email that you were coming, like, yesterday. I know. It feels like yesterday for me, too. But I hope the relationship with PCRM and BMC is just beginning for me. So I got to tell you, like they they told me, I mean, from the day that mail, the email hit my inbox, like they were like, you have to have her on the show. (laughs) You have to have her on the show. I was like, well, thank you so much for making that happen. No, thank you. I mean, (laughs) thank you so much. Um, You said that you had a website. What it is? Yes. Yes. www.drrobinortiz.com. My name is R-O-B-I-N-O-R-T-I-Z. Just point of clarity, D-R or doctor spelled? Ah, good point. D-R. There we go. There we go. And uh, you do the social media? You on Twitter? You on I am on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. My Instagram is mostly pictures of food. Uh, I mean, that's how you get the follows. I mean, come on, right? right? True. Right? Uh, And my Twitter is uh, me sharing a lot of research in all types of lifestyle medicine and other interesting facts and and my own thoughts. So, yeah, I can be followed there. And they're all – you can find all my social media accounts on my website. Perfect. DrRobinOrtiz.com. Dr. Robin Ortiz, live in studio. (laughs) Uh, You were just a treasure, and I'm really sorry to see you go. I'm sad to leave, but I'll be back. Mark Uh, my words, and thank you for having me. uh, Well, you're going to be back on the show whether you want to or not, (laughs) because you are a bundle of energy and super passionate, and I think that uh, we have many more uh, fun topics to discuss. I I would love to. Please. please. And I can learn from you and the listeners. You can't learn from me. I'm learning from you. You're the one that's got MD behind your name. The degree means little to nothing. I learned from my my other colleagues and patients and people living it, Chuck. Students, (laughs) don't listen to her. The degree means everything. You're paying money for that degree. It helps, guys. It helps. Thank you. (laughs) All right, Dr. Robin Ortiz, thank Thank you you so very much. Thanks a lot. Dr. Robin Ortiz. Amazing guest. Didn't I tell you? Did I not tell you that she was a bundle of energy? I mean, you talk about enthusiasm, you talk about energy, you look that up in the dictionary, energy, and what do you see? You see Dr. Robin Ortiz's face smiling right back at you. Just a great, great human being, and I wish her nothing but the best. I wish that she had more time to spend with us here at the Physicians Committee and upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center because the world certainly needs more doctors like her. She is the future of plant-based medicine. No question about it. Before we wrap up on the Exam Room Podcast this week, a couple of quick plugs. Social media, we will start there. If you have not already done so, we would appreciate it if you would give the show a follow at PCRM on Twitter and at Physicians Committee on the Instagram. And then also, me personally, if you could uh, feed my ego just a skosh and follow me on Twitter at Chuck Carroll WLC. That's Carroll with two R's and two L's. The WLC standing for as always, weight loss champion. That's good for both Twitter and Instagram. And plug, plug, plug. If you have not already done so, uh, 
man, we talked about this on the show last week. Download the 21 Day Vegan Kickstart app. Completely revamped. I mean, built this thing from scratch, basically. I mean, just an extraordinary app. has been downloaded thousands and thousands of times already. And it is just really great if you have no idea how to go plant-based, or you want to introduce the idea of a plant-based diet to a friend or a family member, this is the app that you want to use. This program, completely free, puts everything you need for those first critical 21 days, those first three weeks, puts it right in the palm of your hand, right at your fingertips, everything from recipes, shopping lists, videos with Dr. Barnard, nutritionist Susan Levin, so many people who are going to literally hold your hand proverbially speaking, and guide you through this three-week process. Just amazing, amazing resource. And some news broke last month that I wanted to share with you as we get closer to the release of the movie Game Changers. That documentary talks about plant-based athletics and plant-based athletes. You can find this little news release on PCRM.org. I just want to read to you a couple of sentences from this, and I think that you are going to be blown away, and this is something that you can talk to your friends about, especially those that fancy themselves weekend warriors that go out there, and man, they just tear it up on the court on Saturdays and Sundays. A lot of people will say, well, you can't be an athlete and not eat meat. You got to have your protein. That's not necessarily true. And by not necessarily, I mean not true at all. And I quote from a press release on PCRM.org, plant-based diets reduced chronic disease risk, require fewer resources, and do not hinder athletic performance compared with omnivorous diets, according to a report published in Nutrients. The authors reviewed publications that compared nutrient density, athletic performance, disease risk, and environmental factors between those following vegetarian and omnivorous diets. Get this, here we go. Plant-based diets lower risk for type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and certain types of cancer while lowering cholesterol and oxidative stress levels. Isn't that something? Vegetarian eating patterns require less land, water, and energy when compared to animal-based diets. Researchers observed no negative effects of plant-based diets on athletic performance and noted potential benefits such as an increase in oxidant intake via fruits and vegetables. If you're an athlete, even if you're just a weekend warrior, that plant-based diet, man, it is the place to be. Think about all the plant-based athletes that are out there now. And I'm telling you, they're everywhere. Serena Williams, uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, we've had David Carter, the NFL player, on the show. DJ Swearinger, the NFL player. He's been on the show. Carl Lewis. I mean, you want to talk about fast. Carl Lewis, vegan. I mean, just the list literally goes on and on and on. Dotsie Bausch. She was also at that party in L.A. I, I wish that I had an opportunity to chat more with her. Olympian. Megan Duhamel, figure skater. Olympian. Medalist. Vegan. On and on and on and on. And so you have countless examples now of how a plant-based diet not only doesn't hinder your performance, but can improve it. 
And as I always talk about, as is the case with DJ Swearinger, and we talked about this a little bit uh, with Maggie as well, it just keeps your body fresh. It just feeds that recovery time and cuts it down so much. Your body thrives on the plant-based diet. There's no other way to put that. And hopefully, my friend, your ears thrived on the show this week. So thank you so very much for listening to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. For everybody here, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Have a wonderful, healthy day. <laughs> 